Hello, everybody. We have made it to episode 20 of the Sports Fixins podcast. My name is Michael Diane. Alongside me, in the middle of the city of Chicago, and in the middle of Chirac, um, I can only assume his house was burned down by protesters, it is Justin Minkley. <laughs> Just, Bombs Justin, over Barrington. Are you... <laughs> Justin, are you still alive, my friend? I am very much alive. Oh, good. You haven't been consumed? You haven't been either killed by police or rioters? Well, I haven't been beaten by police. I haven't been swarmed by rioters or protesters. The Rona has yet to infect me, and the driller bot from the Decepticon army has yet to eat me. So I think (laughs) I'm pretty good here. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, has a federal agent stormed into your house and shot you in the face? Well, you know, that's a really good question, Mike. I'm going to have to say no, because I think the rest of my face is intact. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, federal agents in Portland, you know what's that? You know what that's called? That's called the Gestapo. Uh, yeah, this is where, like, the right-wing government decides, we don't like you people, and uh, starts disappearing them, like what happened in Batista's Cuba. <laughs> yeah, pretty, more, or, pretty much if you, if you disappear, that's, that's the end for you. America! Freedom! Secret murder police! Elections determined by electors and not the people. Yay! Quashing of free speech. Delayed elections because the president wants to say Is this Russia or America? I mean, I'm starting to think, like, this is kind of what we thought was going to happen, but I'm starting to think, you know, are we closer to right-wing India now? Well, maybe. I don't know. Do they have secret police shooting people for living on dirt? I mean, yes. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on the sports part of the Sports Fixins podcast, today Justin Minkley and I will be going over a bevy of topics. Justin, believe it or not, has thoughts on the WNBA. He may be the only man in the world who does. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that part, too. <laughs> well, there's only one of us in the word we there. Um, yeah, yeah. But there is an E in we. And me. <laughs> well, what's the E for? Everyone needs to effing listen. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> we're also going to talk uh, NBA... Uh, we'll mention the NHL and the NFL because, oh, with the NBA and the NHL more specifically, well, the NBA will have a, a more than a moment because the bubble idea kind of isn't working. And also uh, with the NHL, I do want to mention, the NBA, I will do this too, of course. I uh, do want to mention all the games that are starting, what what you can watch over your weekend uh, yeah. on on sports and also we uh, by that same token uh, we will talk about baseball as well talk about what the Cubs and Sox have looked like through the early going the Miami Marlins situation what the rest of the baseball not the year looks like but you know what the the short term future of baseball looks like what the Sox are doing what the Cubs are doing you know what the marquee matchups for the weekend are um, 
And then also, we've got some NFL notes from Justin Minkley. And when he does that, I will mention college football as well. So I don't suppose we have an actual deep dive. We're putting baseball on last, if you want to call that our deep dive. But it's another show where we don't necessarily have one. We just kind of have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. So let's get started with what definitely is in the deep dive. And I'm sorry, I'm just giving it hell. Minkley, WNBA. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with the WNBA going on. First off, it's probably my favorite summer sport of all the summer sports that goes oh, on. Okay, okay. It is. You, you, it is. You, you, can, you can stop now. You can take off the cape. We get it. Is it really? It is to me. Oh it my really gosh! See, this is, we're going to have to talk about this. I I really appreciate. Oh, we're going to have to have a talk now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. We are, Mike. I'm I'm dragging your ass to the table, and we're having a conversation about this. So the WNBA season well, well, wait, began. Wait, 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 wait. stop! <laughs> if you're going to drag my ass to the table, my ass doesn't talk. <laughs> That's okay. You're See, gonna... that is perfectly okay. <laughs> Uh, look, you've been you've been talking about NASCAR quite a bit, educating. Oh, three episodes. Yeah, okay, but this is the first episode we're talking about the WNBA. What's the problem? Oh, that's, true. that's true. That's true. So, um, the WNBA season began this past week. Um, a lot of the star players that are on. A lot of these teams, obviously, the big one that isn't probably going to be playing this season is Elena Deladon because of her Lyme disease condition. Her immune system is very susceptible to catching COVID. The Mystics will wind up paying her for the rest of the season, even though the league said absolutely not. Mike, funny well, thing to tell you. For $5, so. No, Mike. There's much more money than that. But, Mike, f- hilariously... The Chicago Sky met up with the Las Vegas Aces, who they lost to in the playoffs last year in the like the wild card game, similar to like how baseball does their wild card game before the series start. Bill Lambeer was the coach of the Aces, still is, and they played the serious theme before the Aces choked away their final two possessions. <laughs> so I thought you'd find that funny. Yes, I do. So the Sky are 2-0 and as of this podcast recording. They stomped the daylights out of the L.A. Sparks, who I just don't like. Um, but my favorite player, Sylvia Fowles, re- surpassed Rebecca Brunson, becoming the league's all-time leading rebounder, even though they lost to Seattle. I think Seattle won the championship two years ago. Last year, maybe? I don't know. They played the Mystics. Twice. Um, but Mike, the big thing that's come up and kind of alluding to some of your comments is kind of what happened to one of the players, Ariel Powers. I had never heard of Ariel Powers either before this happened. <laughs> um, so Andre Igudala decided to uh, tweet saying, wow, number 23 for so-and-so looks pretty good. Ariel Powers blew up and said, say my damn name. Um, <laughs> put some respect on me. Yada, yada, yada. 
to which Andre didn't want to add her back and said, no manners, four dots. And I guess this was very eye-opening. Like, to a lot of people, I guess there's a lot of sexist things that people say about the WNBA constantly, and we'll get into that too. But I think what really surprised me was she and multiple people dove into Andre Iguodala's life, like personal life, and there was, and there were some things that Iggy has said that didn't come off as well. And then George Carl said that Andre Iguodala was probably the mole that was giving the Golden State Warriors tips on how to beat them during the 2012 season. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, but that came out later on in the day. And <laughs> I thought that was just absolutely crazy. But Mike, uh, steering back to the WNBA part because the season has begun. Um, even when it came to Sylvia Fowles setting the record for being a w- for having the WNBA record and rebounding, men altogether just cannot say positive things about the WNBA without dragging something that they don't like or things that don't really fit the topic. Oh, see, we're going to disagree on the Iggy thing, I think. Well, here's the thing, Mike. And, And I talked to handfuls of people who cover sports and have played athletics before, okay? There is a legit case where they're for those men. They do the same thing to other men. They wouldn't mind having it done to them. Okay. Or how about there's more personal issues between them that maybe underscores maybe that is why she snapped off Adam. The way okay, that's acceptable. Yeah. See, I, and I I think those three things in particular I can go with because, A, you are applying yourself to the situation. B, you've had that experience to you or you've done that to other people and you haven't gotten that thrown back at you. And B, and C, there, there actually shows critical thinking. I'm talking about the people who actually took this damn thing and ran off with blatant sexism. And said, why the hell would she do this? And then went into more stuff about the WNBA where it's like that has n- that does not apply to the situation. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is that I don't know what Iggy's intention was or not. I have common sense. You have common sense. If you don't know who someone's number is, wouldn't common sense tell you to look on your phone? Okay, this is where I wonder if there's a basketball thing in here. When you're on the floor, uh, like when you're in a game, sometimes you don't hear people yelling out names, you hear numbers, right? This is in all sports. Teammates and coaches don't necessarily do names, especially officials. Don't necessarily do names. They do numbers sometimes. I wonder if that's the case here. Just didn't think himself that it was necessary to learn the name. Because, you know, 
might only know, you know, somebody else's 40 or whatever, like during the course of a game, you know, like when you see people checking in, at least this was the way it was in college and in high school. I don't know about the NBA, but I, you know, you didn't people here say, hey, Brandon, you got Derek. You would say, hey, Brandon, you got 50. Or, um, like, if we're playing South Dakota State, and they'd be, like, uh, trying to think of what, uh, oh, uh, zero was one of their good guys' numbers. Hey, CJ, you got zero. Like, our best defender would come in, and then um, David Jenkins would be on the other side, and they're like, hey, CJ, you got zero. So, I think, it, I mean, if there's a previous personal issue, I'd explain it. But I would just say take a compliment. He like he didn't say oh, this is a wrestling thing. So there's a wrestler by the name of Sammy Guevara that got suspended and got in trouble because he said he was going to do uh, bad things to a female uh, female wrestler. Um, and he said it on a podcast because he's an idiot. And they find him, and they made him go to sensitivity training and all this sort of crap. And if he had said, hey, you look so fine, I'm gonna... And it kept going with it, then yeah, okay, that's too far, but as far as this goes, I think she should have just taken the damn publicity and the compliment. See, and yeah, and uh, here's okay. the thing, though. It, this happened, like If you look at Instagrams or whatever, I guarantee you NBA players see this all the time. With women talking about how ripped they look or whatever. And I'm sure WNBA players see this all the time in their feeds too. But the fact that it was a nationally recognized name in Andrea Godala made it worth mentioning to her and to like media and sports or whatever. So, I don't know. I just say a couple of things. Take the compliment. Take the publicity. If, I don't know, maybe if you think that if you figure out there's something, like, we didn't see any DMs of him, like, you know, begging her to come to a hotel or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, get I, I didn't I didn't see any DMs of him doing creepy, weird crap that she's like, I want to expose this idiot, which is fine. But I didn't see evidence of that. So, I don't see the problem. I see a problem where a league that needs all the publicity it gets doesn't know how to take a compliment because it's a larger issue with women in society where if you compliment them, you're sexually harassing them, unless it's your girlfriend, but they can compliment each other. I see just another example of the of the BS double standard where there's no understanding of what kind of compliment is too far. What kind of compliment is harassment, you know, like, like, you know, you can't say like, Hey, you look great today. You know, you could say that to your dudes or you can say that to the chicks, but you can't say that to the opposite sex. Well, nice, you know, nice double standard in an era where we supposedly want equality. So all I see, all I see is just another example of the of the crappy double standard that we have that of 
quote unquote equality that we are attempt are attempting in air quotes uh, to accomplish here. Um, and yeah, just take the damn compliment. Just take the publicity. You know, you never heard of this chick. I never heard of this chick. This got her name out there. If for nothing else, this could have a positive impact on her. And instead, at least to me, she just looks, I don't want to say whiny, because there could be other reasons. But, you know, with not saying this guy, you know, it'd be different if she was like, when I was 21, Iggy grabbed me in a bag, you know. I don't know how old she is, but let's say she's like, when I was 18 and I was at a AAU tournament, Iggy grabbed me the wrong way. And he's like continuing harassment. Like, that's totally different, you know, than Iggy should be punished for that. But she didn't say that. All she did was, at least to me, all it looks like she did was just not know how the hell to take a compliment. So take the damn compliment, take the damn publicity. Because saying you look good or whatever is a compliment. It's not a har- it's not harassment. You can get to a point where it is sure. I can absolutely believe that. But that's that's like saying you're good at basketball. Stop harassing me. And I'm not saying she said it was harassment. Like that's like some of the visceral reaction there, right? And, like, respect on my name or whatever. He's trying to put respect on your name by mentioning you. Like, literally. Like, the people... Like, the people that see that, that are big Iggy fans or national fans or whatever, are going to Google who you are. So... Yeah, he's... Should he have looked up your name? Yeah. Might be a basketball culture thing to not, for the reasons I just stated. Could be that I'm wrong. That's fine, too. But, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, uh, I disagree with the screw Iggy crowd on this. All right, here's, here's going to be, like, my multi-layered take on this. Okay. So, here's, here's where I'm going to start off with. Because I feel like this actually has a much bigger issue on a few levels. And this is where, like, a lot of the men especially, like, they don't get it. So, the thing is, I'm going I'm to start off with the whole celebrity thing as a whole and say, Andre Iguodala has working brain cells, I'm assuming. Because if you make millions of dollars... One would assume that if you wanted to know something, you could look it up on the internet. This isn't like a slam at him. I'm saying there are people who really have gone out of their way doing back back flips for Iggy saying, oh, he doesn't know who this is. The man is a multimillionaire. If he wants to know something, he's going to look it up. So the whole coddling with him on this has to be thrown out the window. And I and this has to be applied to the rest of the celebrity culture as well. I'm sick and tired of, Mike, the celebrity culture is basically a bunch of idiots who are given a platform to speak to the rest of the people. And we, we've already seen during these riots and the looting and the protests, 
celebrities don't feel like when the when the spotlight's on them, and this includes our current president, if the spotlight's not on them for some reason, they have an issue with it and have to act out. I'm not saying now in in everything I said, I'm not saying Iggy's looking for attention. What I'm saying is the way Iggy goes about this has only happened because people have enabled this for as long as they have. The second thing I'm going to say is we, this is the first time we've mentioned the WNBA on the show. Yeah. It's for this very reason. And that really is a slap in the face in to a lot of the players. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu played her second career game with the New York Liberty, dropped 31 points in a loss to the Dallas Wings this past Wednesday, 21 of which she had in the first half. No one's going to mention that. Not because they, don't, they either don't watch or they don't care, but because the main thing, yet again, has to come down to men, women, and sports. And it's exhausting. Because no, even no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not done yet, Mike. All right, because I let All you right. speak, and I'm I'm not done. All right, because the thing, because the issue with this then turns into that we spend more time on on this actual issue than we do on the game. Obviously, we had no idea who, who Ariel Powers is. I didn't know, and I and I watched the damn game. But she too is a champion. Like, she won her title with the Mystics. And I feel like her voice, like, has some validity behind it. Because this isn't some no-name player. It's if you watch the game intently or you want to get involved with the game, just do that and, and make that genuine. Because what it then turns into is we have this discussion we label the WNBA and the players as bitter, and we ignore the rest of the talent. Like, there, I just said, we had someone who set the rebound record in the WNBA, a longtime player that played for the Chicago Sky. That was touched on for a bit, but this is the main talking point. And I under, and again, this feeds into maybe we don't know the whole history. Maybe this could have been handled better on both sides. But the fact is, this type of topic has run down for so long that when the WNBA is brought up, it's going to be like, roll your eyes, oh shit, the, the cancel culture's out here again. And we skip over the actual talent and who does really well. I'm actually done, so if you want to talk again, you can. Okay, okay. I was, <laughs> I was being fair to you and letting you get your point out. Um, however, however wrong I believe one point of that is. Um, like I said, should he have Googled the damn thing? Probably could wind up being a basketball thing as an example I gave. Um, as I gave an example, you know, could be short-sighted. I don't know. You know, we'll see but could be wrong, could be right. I still think it's compliment, and in society as a whole, we should learn how to bleep and take one. Um, you want to know why people don't talk about games? 
just to make it. Well, we don't talk about it because I don't watch it. If you watch it and you want to talk about it, that's cool. That's fine. I'll give you crap about it because, you know, WNBA fan and blah, blah, blah. But if you want to, that's fine. But it's kind of difficult to find the thing. And I don't really care to watch it. And the reason that it's not talked about, you want to know why? This is from Yahoo. Uh, ESPN's viewership of WNBA up 63% over 2019. The average game viewership last year was 401,000 people. The uh, the peak during the Sparks and Mercury... Oh, yeah, the peak during Sparks and Mercury on Saturday was 620,000 people, if I'm reading this, arg- uh, this um, article correctly. There's also a, one hell of a lot less sports on right now, and the Chicago Ki- the Chicago Sky game, the Aces over the Sky, uh, averaged 433,000. The finish of the game peaked at 646. That was a real close game that came down to the wire. So they are throwing some on ABC and ESPN, but there's also about half the sports that ought to be going on right now. So, good for the WNBA. I mean, bad for them playing, but good for because you actually have a window and an opportunity to get in some extra viewership and get in some extra eyeballs and get in to make some extra fans. And you're probably the one major sports league that actually needs this so you don't die. So, I don't, I don't, I don't mind you playing as much because I think you need to. And also, you're trying to get more eyeballs. Nice job. You know, smart, smart marketing. I don't know about ethics, but as far as marketing and business sense goes, it's smart. The NBA was the this is an article from Hollywood Reporter. The NBA was in a downturn last year. Because ESPN was at 1.5 million viewers, which is down 16 percent. TNT was down 16% to 1.3. NBA TV was up a little bit. Cord cutting issues. Uh, Regional affiliations were off by about 7%. So in Chicago, it's pretty easy to assume about 2 million people watch a Bulls game. The absolutely perfect, the best ever for a WNBA game in Chicago, at least if I'm understanding how this Yahoo article is putting this, is at the very end of a game they had 640,000 eyeballs. You know why ESPN doesn't talk about this and they leave it to ESPNW? Because no one watches the damn thing. Is there talent there? Yeah. Is there as much talent as the NBA? Hell no. Is at as is it anywhere near as good as the NBA? No. Would top flight men's college teams beat them? Yes. Easy and by one hell of a lot. It's not as good as basketball. Like you have your outliers, like you're these Leslie's, your INS Coos, your Deladons, um guy that played for the uh Candace Parker. You have your people, Griner even, you have your people who have immense talent. But, you know, 
those are not... Uh, Ionescu is clearly drawing on ice because the game that she played in was the highest-rated game of the weekend. So here you have a, a case of talent drawing eyeballs, but it's never going to draw like the NBA does. And that's why that's why they go play in Russia for three mil. You know, if they had the fan if they had the fan base the NBA does, then they wouldn't need to go play in Russia for millions of dollars. They could play here. But they only play here for a hundred grand because they don't draw. And I'm not saying it's their fault they don't draw. You could put that on the media, you could put that on, you know, the fans, whatever, but what I reject is the idea that it's just automatically hating on women and sexism. Let's go look at the basketball. It is lower scoring. It is not as good. It's not as pretty in the basketball sense. Like, you know, there's, let, I mean, let's face it. What's one of the highest rated things in the NBA ta- in the calendar? The dunk contest. People like those. It's like baseball with no homers. You know, you you know, you don't have people that can pull up from half. So you have the three points that pull up from half like Curry, right? The, some people find that fun. But then you have the guys who can really fuck it really hard, like Lob City. Lob City was real popular in L.A. They were a fringe playoff team. They're not fringe. They were a mid-playoff team, weren't going to win anything. But when it came time for the All-NBA team, they were like, well, I mean, Blake Griffin wasn't Lob City. Lob City didn't win anything. But it was popular. It was fun. You don't have anywhere near the same kind of fun value in the WNBA. There's people who are never going to watch it. And honestly, I don't think that there's as many of those people that are just against women's athletics as you think. Or not as you think. I mean like the the average person who's like, you know, WNBA is underwatched or whatever. Like, like I, I spent nearly every year of my high school career until the last one doing public address and getting to know the players on our high school women's basketball team. And in our particular school, I thought they could have beaten the men's team because our men's team was trash. And at Western, I spent, now it was an injury shortened year due to my broken foot, but I spent a year with the women's team. I spent three years with the volleyball team. And that volleyball team was probably my favorite group. Because they're in a very approachable position, and I really like their head coach. And he was like, hey, you know, we'll take the media appearances we can get. And the players could actually talk, and were pretty smart. So I love the hell out of that team. I wish they won more. You know, like that was that was one of my favorite teams. And Mackenzie Steckler was probably my favorite athlete from college at Western. Now... That list isn't exactly that damn long, but Kobe Webster is one hell of a talented point guard. The the flying fortress of defense, Brandon Gilbeck, you know, is there. 
You know, there's a women's team there that that went to the NCAA tournament with some damn good talent on it. Like Emily Clemens is a fantastic player. You know, uh, their coach, J- I, you know, JD's great. He's a great media coach, except when they lose. Um, but I, you know, I, oh, you mean JD Gravina? Yeah, the guy that said the coronavirus is a hoax. He never said it was a hoax. Or said, like, the whole mask thing was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was unnecessary at the beginning, but I think he changed his attitude. I gotta um, check and see if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, he did. I follow, the, I follow him on Twitter. Okay. Um, But no, I, I love Gravina. Minus losses, because then he won't talk to you. Because Western has that, that cowardly vibe to him. Where they can't answer the damn questions after losses, too. God, I hate those people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was around, and this could be like saying I have a black friend, but I was around, and, I mean, mainly how many guys went out for volleyball that was willing. You brought me along that first year, and then Evan and I did it, will it you know, we're like the ones who got it, sealed up right away, and wanted it the next couple of years, and... On that volleyball team, we were the only show on the dog that did sports there. And we did sports for everything. We were the only show that had the coach and a player after the game. Which I did because they could talk. And I had a great relationship with their head coach. And I had a good relationship with the players, too. So, you know, this isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not some dude that's like, I'll never watch a female sport, right? No, I know. I know. So, you know, but nobody watches it. That's why we don't talk about it. But I hate this. I hate the automatic notion that, one, that they're as talented as NBA guys, which is not true at all. There probably are, but they're much more rare. It's just, it's just straight up not true. Like, literally go look at the people play. They're very talented, but not like NBA guys. Like that's that that's a that is a ridiculous statement, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing is, just automatically everything is sexist or racist pisses me off, and this is another example of just taking something that doesn't need to be. I'm not saying that, like maybe the fans, okay, whatever. But as far as Iggy and the, uh, I forget what the what you said that gal's name was because I'm so deep in thought. Sorry, Ariel I apologize. Powers. Powers, there you <laughs> go. Thank you. Um, between Ariel and Andre Godala, you know the the jump to sexism is not needed and it's bullshit. Unless again, there's unless there's something behind the scenes that we don't know. In which case, the opinion would be different. But. If I don't know it, I can't have an opinion on it. See, and I'm going to, I don't know if this is going to be like the conclusion part, depending on, you know, how you take, how I say this. Okay. See, I know you, you try to be open. That's the thing. And your opinions and, and everything like is different from a lot of other men's opinions on a lot of things. Mm hmm. But I, but there are some things like, 
that can be pointed out that make what some of you say wrong. So, for example, um, the whole thing about the WNBA not being popular, right? Yeah. And I think that's a very good case because you, you talked about the, the viewership, the ratings. Um, <clears throat> what I have a problem with is when you ask the question, why isn't it that popular? And I think part of this goes into how media portrays it. So, again, this feeds into how I talked about with celebrity culture and how the Iggy side is presented. Even though, like we said, he probably could have looked it up on his own. And everything could have, you know, been that way. But I think knowing, and, and this was when I took Sean and Gracia's class on sports and statistics, and the amount of coverage that there is towards women in sports. Now, maybe it's gone up since I took it in 2015. But I bet you it hasn't gone up by much. I mean, what are the main things with women's athletics we think about? It's usually during the Olympic stage period. And yeah. that or the women's national soccer team. And that, that's about it. It fades away for like three, three to four years up until the time that it comes on. And we don't really think about it. And I think to myself, there are other sports. I mean, think about it this way, Mike. ESPN has done more coverage with NASCAR, and, and they brought in Korean baseball. When, like, I think during April, late March-ish. Yeah, when America wasn't playing any sports, yeah. Yeah, and I think... ESPN did a great job handling that because it was like, we, no one in the U.S. is going to be watching Korean baseball. However, because of the situation, it's good to bring this aspect on. And what I don't get is, Mike, if that's the case and no one talks about it, this is kind of the same narrative as having a third party in this country running for president. You need to get the publicity to get to that platform, right? But in order to do that, you need a certain part of the population to give you that support. It's a double entendre. And what it shows is, if you don't have one, you're not going to have either. And I don't, and I find that to be quite unfair because, okay, ESPN2 or ESPNW can show some of these games or whatnot. But when it comes to something like a handful of hours of airing reruns on ESPN late at night, or what was it? They had like six hours of draft coverage or something. And, or Adam Schefter says on the day that women's basketball comes out or is about to like resume and the other male sports are coming back. He says real sports are coming back. Totally blind like ignoring the women's side of it. And I feel what you say is like, it has good intentions and it's very genuine. But I also feel that there are certain things that it's just what you pay attention to. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I feel like are there WNBA players that can, that let's say they play their male counterparts, 
maybe s some of the men like Giannis or LeBron would be able to like run him out of the gym. But I'm very like interested in this type of mindset, especially when NBA players have seen these girls play and say, yeah, they can run a lot of our guys out of the gym. And I'm not talking about players like Candace Parker or Elena Deladon. I'm thinking more like Epiphany Prince or um, Kalia Copper running out maybe guys like Jamal Crawford or, you know, Mike Dunleavy. Guys who are on the bench but have shown to be very prominent names or very accurate and skilled sharpshooters in the NBA. I feel like that kind of... I know where you're going with that because there is some accuracy to it there, but there is also more of, okay, why... Why, when the players have said this, we've just completely glossed over it? I mean, think about last night with, uh, with the NFL list and how pissed off Chiefs fans are with Patrick Mahomes' ratings. And I know we'll talk about that with the NFL section later, but people show that type of anger when a, a guy is, who isn't in his prime isn't put on that pedestal by other male players. But you say the, the same thing about women to these male NBA players. And it's completely ignored. All right. So this, I mean, if you want to come back, we can. But, you know, whether it's coverable or not, we do have other stuff to get to. Um, we do, yeah. I know so, we do. So, one... With the, they're hidden backwards and don't have viewership. Until Magic and Bird, the NBA Finals were on tape delay. The NBA needed two people to save it and make it national, and then this guy by the name of Michael Jordan to make it global. So, it's not like the NBA has always been this out front national beast with perfect coverage, and that's why they are what they are. They are what they are because of a guy named Magic and a guy named Larry and a guy named Michael. And you could argue a guy named LeBron. So that's one. Two, Yeah. if you want a modern example of pulling something up, the X Games. The X Games started as a back-channel thing for ESPN and turned into a big deal because people found it exciting and people liked it. Yeah, you are right. To some degree. The third-party American thing, I think it's different because I think as a country you have a duty to legislate that. And I think sports is – it is much more responsive than politics where you should be more responsible of the people. Sports – covering sports isn't a public service. Covering politics is. You know, if you don't cover the WNBA as much as the NBA, that isn't going to affect the day-to-day -day lives of the citizens of that region or country or state or county. If you don't cover candidates correctly, that will affect the everyday lives of that whatever group of people we're talking about. So, I understand, again, I, uh, you have good intentions, like you were saying, I have good intentions before. You have good intentions where you're going with that, but I think that is... a uh, not misplaced, but I think that's just not... I don't think that's a good example. 
because no, and, I, and I get what you're saying because the, there's the difference of public service there and impact on everyday lives. But you've got things like the X Games, even the NBA used to be this way. If they had it, they would shine it. Maybe Ionescu is Braun, but you know, you've had great players. Like, I like I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a WNBA game before, and that's not going to change, but. I know who Lisa, Lisa Leslie is. I know who Candace Parker is. I know who Elena Deladon is. I know who Brittany Griner is. Like, I know who some of the players are. Just like there are some people who are football fans, but know who LeBron is and Jordan is and D-Wade is, but don't know who the hell Jamal Crawford is. Right. And as far as NFL lists, the NFL is king. You know, you can't pine for the WNBA to get more coverage when their audience is 600,000 people than the NFL whose audience is 30 million. Like, get, you're just, I, you're just pining you're to kill. Yeah. You like, I don't feel it's responsible as a sports fan to attempt to kill ESPN just to just to have a desperate attempt to put over the WNBA. Because let's say you do get the WNBA over. Let's say you give the WNBA all the coverage in the world. Their numbers are still not going to be the NBA's numbers. And who the hell are you going to benefit? You're going to benefit the WNBA, right? You're not going to it. You're not going to benefit sports media. You're not going to. I don't think you help sports at all. You're just going to kill stations and networks, and you're and you're going to. Hurt sports just to put one thing over. Like, NASCAR got coverage because Kyle Larson said something dumb. And because it is locally popular in one sect of the country, the cult following. NASCAR doesn't get everyday coverage. They've got rights to the races, just like they've got rights to the WNBA. So they cover it. But NASCAR don't get a lot of coverage. You know... Auto racing in general is much more popular in America than the WNBA is, and it don't get respect. ESPN only airs any kind of coverage of the Formula One Grand Prix weekends. They air practices on uh, back channels on ESPN two. They throw the rate. They throw qualifying in the race on ESPN, and then they cut off halfway through the podium ceremony, which, you know to the normal person doesn't sound bad, but that would be like cutting off LeBron in the middle of his post-game interview and saying, all right, tune back in next week. Well, it's live sports. What the hell are you doing? No, and, and I think this is a great point to talk about something else, Michael, which we've kind of avoided because obviously, I, I don't want to say avoided, but it hasn't really come up because of the pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the big factors is if the WNBA played, during football season, basketball season, hockey season, it wouldn't exist. The reason this league exists is because it plays in the summer when three of the four major sports are, are basically, yeah, they're basically on hiatus. And, and baseball you know, is trying to commit seppuku every day. Yeah, exactly. And this is kind of one of the points that's that I want to refer back to the media on because it's like, how many situations have we had with baseball, right? 
And this goes back to the to even this past week. I know we're going to cover that, but baseball has been bumbling its way through for the past 30 years trying to kill its audience. And it's still the major sport during the summer. And I think a big part of that is because you have these media outlets ranging from ESPN, Fox, CBS, that there are these other sports, right? And this is where I want to I wanna actually branch and connect with you on it. You talk mm-hmm. about NASCAR, you know, and when they're brought up. Well, this kind of like goes hand in hand with the WNBA too, because it's like, okay, why aren't there as many NASCAR fans? I understand that's like a geographical thing, but your average everyday Joe Schmo, they don't understand. There are other sports that go on. Why it, we're starting to see international football, aka soccer, taking off more during spring and summer. Why isn't that put on more? Or why aren't some other summer sports really given that immediate attention by those networks? If you have three of the four major sports on hiatus and one's trying to kill itself by doing insert some reason here. And I feel like that feeds into it and some of what you brought up. Now, I understand some of what you brought up is like really accurate, especially with like the NBA. It took decades to grow. They were bankrupt to one point. They needed five players to really take off to where they are today. I get it. And the the money jumped, too. And what people said about basketball, maybe going back to the 70s, it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is for people with different orientation or, you know, this is for Nancy boys who don't have muscle or anything like that. I feel like that's very valid. There's just been some things where it's like, okay, does it seem like with this day and age, like with technology too, it's like, and when some of these sports play, like during the summer, where it's like, is it easy to just put it on the back burner and ignore some things like that? Or is there more to the conversation that we're not having that it'd be great to have multiple sides in, in particular participate on? But again, I just come back to like, like Mickley. You and I could talk about the finer points. Let's, uh, well, at least like, I could talk about some of the finer points of auto racing on here. But I will mention it because it's national news, like during the pandemic. But I'm not going to mention it every week. You know, like I'm uh, trying to think of something else. Oh. I can mention some of the final points of gaming and esports, which is starting to blow up in America. Um, the League of Legends final was the most watched thing in the entire world all of last year. Like, literally, the League of Legends final was the most watched sporting event in the entire country. Or, sorry, in the entire world last year. Watched more than the Champions League final across Europe, you know. Uh, other national European leagues, uh, all that crap. Worldwide, it was much more than anything else, and ESPN will never talk about it on SportsCenter. Why? Who knows? But there's no sexism there. Mostly all guys doing it. 
So, again, I just I I don't think the sexism tone is valid in it. That's just that's just how I feel about it. If you want to gripe and say they don't get enough coverage, I'll point to the viewership numbers and say, well, media lives off of it. So, you know, if you want to walk your media off the plank, go ahead. But, you know, I think Espen's doing a good enough job of that themselves with their damn rights deals. And the bubble is already going to burst on the television contracts very soon. It is. We're already going to be in trouble sports-wise and sports media-wise. So I don't want to be desperate to try and push a sport that people don't really care about. I don't want to try and push it, you know, for for no reason. Like, how about this? I'm going to put this the the best way that I can, and then we can use this to trans to the NBA because we spent like 40 minutes on this already. Um, Listen. In NASCAR. The Franz family is widely regarded among the fans as being a bunch of idiots. At least now. Because they made stage races, they, you know, they divided the races into stages. They basically, uh, they're, they're doing their damnedest to kill their sport. NASCAR doesn't have all the fans in the world. They don't have the national following. But you know what NASCAR does have? An impassioned fan base that has kept their pockets full for years. The guys that will go sit in an RV trailer and go watch a NASCAR race. Now, as far as like, you know, like the racist dudes, them guys can just go the hell away. NASCAR don't need you. There's plenty of us that aren't racist garbage. We don't need you in NASCAR. Go away and die. Whatever. But right. like the the bi- NASCAR's biggest mistake of the last you know, uh, when did they start the chase? Uh, I think two thousand seven. Um, their biggest mistake in the last fifteen years is being so desperate for so little reason. To try and appeal to, you know, Matt and Mary, Brandon and, um, give me another generic suburbanite name, Brandon and Karen, like, trying to appeal to an audience that will never care about them. Like, putting in a chase and putting in this gimmick and that gimmick and stage racing to as they say, attempt to make things more competitive in, you know, throughout the race. Doing all these things to try and get the suburbanites to watch you that hasn't worked, that, you know, has just hindered you more than helped you. All this crap, it's, it's you know, some people want, the, want ESPN to do the same thing with the WNBA. Which is basically just, like, try and kill the damn thing. Because it's the same principle. If people don't care, you should give them opportunity, and they will put them on SportsCenter and be like, hey, Mystics and Sparkler tonight, here's the highlights. I think on a local television level, level, 
it would help more if it was mentioned uh, better. Like, you know, the Chicago stations will mention it. The ancillaries won't. And maybe that's a problem. You know, if you want to say local media should mention it more, I'm more on board with you on that. But with the national media thing, why do you want them... Like, why do you want to NASCAR them? You know, like, NASCAR desperately attempting to cater to people who are not going to like them resulted in not in, in bad things for NASCAR. Resulted in down viewership, fan apathy, empathy. <clears throat> so I got a little, you know, something in my nose or whatever. Um, fan apathy, empty stadiums, empty, you know, empty racetracks, people not going. It resulted in a downturn in the sport because they were trying to appeal to people that they were never going to do and they were violating their fan base to do it. Why do you want major, you know, why want major sports media to do the same thing? Like, NASCAR was so desperate to push itself to the wrong people, and some people are so desperate to see, you know, national sports push the wrong thing. Just because you push it down somebody's throat, wrestling has another perfect example of this. Just because you push the ever-living shit out of somebody doesn't mean anybody's going to care. It could work, or you could just simply encourage apathy and piss people off. I mean, so that part is true. I mean, and we're seeing with some people go to the AEW, for instance, or how that's been like with wrestling altogether. That you do make good points on that. See, I'm not saying like you're totally wrong or anything like that. I'm just like putting some critical thinkings out there and how you've responded with some of this. Like, you don't want to push a sport on audiences because, like you said, audiences will grow tired of that sport. And I think nothing's better uh, of an example than baseball, which is why it is very important um, when when that representation is shown how many people are going to be able to see it. You talked about NASCAR's brand and, and who do they cater to. Um, but sometimes it, it doesn't seem like people have a chance with certain sports or it doesn't seem like, like, like the same energies can be there and mm-hmm. for, an, for another sport. And that, that's our mindsets on this are going to be different. Yeah. But there are multiple reasons why. And it's not just because you don't want to watch women play. Right. And I think there's a lot of people who that's that way about. And people don't understand that. But anyway, we've spent like 50 minutes on this. Uh, we need to move on. The NBA is starting and it is starting very, very soon. Justin Minkley. Yeah, I think it actually starts tonight. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was Saturday. I think it actually is. It's like Jazz and Pelicans. And oh, no, you're right. It is tonight. You're right. You're right. It's on uh, TNT. So, um, obviously, right away, first big one to watch is Clippers-Lakers. 8 o'clock tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern on TNT. 
you know, playoff LeBron, playoff Kawhi, see how it looks. Uh, Zion Williamson is back in the bubble and has quarantined himself. He will play for the Pelicans tonight against the Jazz. And then the race for the eighth seed begins on Friday, Magic and Nets. If the Nets win, they can move into the eighth slot. If the Magic win, they can distance themselves. Critical yeah. game for seeding also on Friday, Grizz and Trailblazers on NBA TV. And then the race for the bottom, the Suns and Wizards pick up a game there. Another critical seeding game is Kings and Spurs. Rockets-Mavericks could be a potential first-round matchup here. And Celtics-Bucks could be an Eastern Conference Finals thing. That's all on Friday. Saturday, Jazz-Thunder. I believe at least one of us has predicted that's a first-round matchup. Sixers-Pacers, probably not a first-round matchup, but still going to be a a good game to watch. Um, Lakers and Raptors, my third and fourth-place teams in basketball this year. That's on Saturday. And Sunday... Uh, you have another critical game for seeding in Spurs Grizz. Uh, Kings Magic, where Orlando can pick up a game closer to the seventh seed if they have beaten Brooklyn already. And then that's about the only good stuff over the weekend. But Friday's games are paired off really, really well as far as who you could see face each other. And, well, I guess uh, on Monday, Nuggets Thunder could be another potential first-round matchup. So no, I agree with that. I, I think one of us had that too. So there, there are a lot of good matchups that are going to be going on over this weekend, and you know, let's see if the bubble lasts because you have guys like Lou Williams going to strip clubs, leaving the bubble and come back in, and you know, forget the quarantine and all that stuff, and guys going out to bars, and for the bubble to work, it's got to be respected. And I had a feeling making 28-year-olds and under do a bubble and be in a party environment like Disney and Miami and Orlando, Florida in general. I had a feeling this wouldn't work. It's not working so far. Um, Not a lot of people have it yet, thank goodness, but I feel like it's only a matter of time. You know, Zion Williamson left for a family issue. Like, that's fine. You know, I'm I'm not some heartless piece of, you know what, who thinks that he shouldn't be able to leave for family problems. If he needed to leave for a family problem, go ahead. But they did the right thing by having quarantine. And now they say that he's ready to come back. And because he is ready to come back, uh, because he's quarantined, he is allowed to return to the team. That's okay. That's cool. Good job. You actually upheld some, you know, some damn semblance of rule. But why the hell is Lou Williams getting let play? And, and I think this goes... I know we taught, we just got off the WNBA topic, but this again like reflects to the multi-millionaire culture that's in the NBA. And you think to yourself, okay, what? Lou Williams basically went from one hazardous zone to another for some titties and wings. And I love these are grown that. men. Wait, what? I love how you put that, by the way. I mean, that's basically what he did. He, I know. <laughs> he went for titties and wings. This is a grown multi-millionaire man and not using his brain. And it it's it boggles my mind how many NBA players have 
gone in and out of this damn bubble. I mean, yeah, I understand I for players that are that tested positive and have taken the time off to come into the bubble, but for the yeah. players who are just going around doing whatever, it's like, what, what made you decide you wanted to do this? Well, it's because they're idiots. Let's then they don't take it seriously. Let's get that exactly. Um, Minkley, do you like titties and wings? Um. I like my girlfriend's titties. I like wings of certain flavors. <laughs> I was going to say, I like my girlfriend's too. Don't worry, she's not home. Um, I like her, <laughs> I like hers too, and I like Buffalo Wild Wings and Walmart chicken wings that come in a big old bag. So, yeah, I, I do like titties and wings. But <laughs> I don't need to go to a, a strip club for it and leave my bubble and get Rona and kill my teammates. Yeah. But uh, I I just really hope this bubble thing holds up because what well, you don't want is it holding like, up. It's just if they get Corona or not. Yeah, I mean I I really hope someone like Jabari Parker doesn't you know go outside catch the Rona like you know buying Taco Bell or something <laughs> comes back in infects the rest of the Kings again and what, and, and what? you think Jabari is Parker's gonna get it because the only thing he can get is hurt. <laughs> well, he's actually gotten it because the idiot wore didn't wear a mask and played tennis in Chicago, and then went God knows where after. <sighs> I hate this country. I, 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 I no, I'm just kidding. Not the whole country is stupid. A lot of people are stupid. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. Yep. Shout out to the KGB. No, not them. Oh. <laughs> not them. I meant the people. <laughs> oh, 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 you mean the people playing uh, the um, uh, Rebel March from Star Wars? Oh, those? I meant the people using the laser pointers. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, no. Um, uh, sorry about the yawn. Yeah, look, in the NBA, when you have people leaving the bubble like this, it's not going to help you. It doesn't help you as a league. It doesn't help your cause. It doesn't. It literally helps nothing except to prove people right that you can't control yourselves. And then the Andre Iguodala things happen, and it's not a compliment. It's a you know, harassment or whatever, and because they don't know what to tell their, they don't know how the hell to control themselves. Because they have to go to strip clubs and all this other crap. And I'm sure the strip, cl- strip, strip clubbers, strippers. How would you, how do you say strip club workers in a PC way in 2020? Is it still just strippers? I, I guess I don't. I'm know. sure they appreciate the extra funds. During what can't be a good time for strippers or sex workers in general. That is true. But at the same time, we're trying to keep the integrity of sport and not kill people. So I'll take the not killing people part. But hey, this is the same thing where Kyrie Irving thinks he's God and believes in flat earth. So 
I suppose, you know. But that's why you have a governing body like the NBA that actually does something. Oh, wait. About that. Because if you're the NBA, I know Lou Will is on the Clippers and nobody wants to see the goddamn Lakers win. And Lou Will will be an important part of that with exposing the Lakers bench. But if you're the NBA and you've got pictures of Lou Williams out, you go, hey, moron, what the hell are you doing? Like, what, what the holy hell are you doing? Get your ass sat down and shut up. Go home. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be in this bubble so bad. Get, get your ass out of here. Leave. And then the Clippers are like, what the hell? It's like, well, sorry again. Well, don't tell your dumb shit players. And yeah, this is a cussing edition of the Sports Fixings of today. Don't <laughs> tell your dumb shit players to go out and violate quarantine and try and kill everyone else. <sighs> you know, but we can't do that for some reason. We don't have the capability of doing that. And Adam Silver is nowhere near the worst GM in sport, uh, worst commissioner in sports. But I feel like he could be doing more right now. You know, when it's because they're out of season, but when the NFL, when the National Football League looks like they're handling it better than you, there's a problem. The NFL has, like, basically voted to cancel the preseason. Probably they, they may have limited training camp, too. Don't know how they're going to do the distancing or keep everybody safe, but they're mulling around delaying the season. You know, they're not like college football and standing pat on playing anyway. They're at least talking about, think about it, taking it by ear. When the NFL is taking a goddamn safety issue better than you, that means you're doing something wrong. MLB, too. Well, baseball, it's easier to do this with. No, baseball ain't doing this better. Um, Baseball is, like, doing this a bit easier because, uh, you know, they have a socially distanced sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, look, I think that the NBA, the major, the major people did what they could, but they need to step up and do more because the players decided to not do their part. Some of that. I wonder if there's anthrax here or something, because I don't know where the hell all this yawning is coming from. I really don't. I, I truly apologize. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the the ownership of the NBA needs to do something more to people that leave other than just tell them to stop. Um, yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes, the NHL handled this much better. Yeah, they did. I'm so excited for hockey to come back, though, because that looks like that's going to be staying long-term throughout the playoffs and not just for a little bit. We shall see, Minkley. We shall see. Um, sorry, we didn't have much on the NBA just because of starting. Wanted to mention some matchups. Wanted to mention the thing about people leaving the bubble, but didn't have 
too teetotal ton of a talk uh, to talk about there. Uh, the NHL. Uh, I do want to mention about them that Minkley has a couple of NFL notes to college. And then we'll get into baseball to end the show here. Uh, NHL. They get going. I think this is still scrims. Yes. Uh, still scrims on Friday. Saturday, the playoff series start. Uh, noon on NBCSN is Rangers Canes. On NBC is Hawks Oilers at three. NBCSN is Panthers Islanders at four. So East game, West game, East game. Then another East game, the Canadians and the Penguins. Another West game, the Jets and the Flames. That is your Saturday lineup. On Sunday, game one of Coyotes Preds is at two o'clock on USA. Then you have the uh, first two round robin games to determine your top four seeds. Flyers Bruins at three on NBC, six thirty on NBCSN Blues and Abs. Avalanche barely, barely have a worse record than the Blues. Ninety-three point man Nathan McKinnon will look to lead them against St. Louis. And then the other two game ones that are left, Jackets leaves at 8 o'clock on NBCSN, 10.30 NBCSN, last game of the night, and I'm pretty sure last game one uh, of the week. Or last game one of the first round, Wild and Canucks. And then Monday, we start game twos and uh, have the other round-robin games, so Stars, Knights, Capitals, Lightning, and then we basically just kind of cycle through. So if you're the Blackhawks, it's a pretty long series. I mean, you play on Saturday, then you don't play till Monday, then you don't play until a 10.30 game on Wednesday. Like... These are really, there's going to be really a long gated series. And for an older team like the Blackhawks, could help them. You know what? I didn't know this. The Blackhawks had one of, if not the youngest roster going into the playoffs. Wait, what? I was shocked by that. Who the, what? Hang on, let me go look at their roster. One of the youngest rosters. That, they said that on Yahoo, and I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> All right, Kirby Doc is 19. Um, oh, they did the median average. Strom is 23. Kubalink is 24. Nylander is 22. Debrinkit is 22. Hmm. They're younger than I thought they were. I guess I really only think of, you know... Seebs and Keith and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, with the core that they have, that's probably why it shocks us. Huh. Well, all right, even that being the case, I still think my point is a little bit valid because your best players are old. Yes. You know, maybe that helps them, maybe it doesn't. Maybe Edmonton just beats the hell out of them. But... I think there's a fighting chance for the Hawks. I actually do, too. So here's here's what I really like, Mike. Um, so there's the... For those who don't have cable or will not have access to cable for NBCSN, the regular TV games for this upcoming weekend are going to be Chicago versus Edmonton, 
and Montreal versus Pittsburgh. That uh, Philadelphia game is actually a scrimmage game on oh, Sunday, okay. which is why um, I – so the top four seeds in each conference are going to do some more scrimmage. That's why, Wait, like, you see them. Yeah, it says round robin on it, though. Yeah. It says so it's a round gonna... robin game. It's marked on uh, Espen as the first round robin. It's not a scrim. It's... Yeah, but they're going to be there. There won't be any series. So they're basically going to. Oh, be playing... no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not series. They're like playing within each other. Yeah. And um, so some things I really like about, obviously, we've talked about uh, the matchups and predictions and everything. And I've been able to see some of the scrimmage games already. I think the Blackhawks look fantastic, Mike. They shut out the Blues four to nothing. This was a combined effort by Corey Crawford and Malcolm Subban. They got stronger during the game against the Blues. I think the Blues actually, they could be a team that they, they slowly get back into this, which kind of surprises me because I didn't expect it. Um, but a lot of notable players are going to be coming back during this time frame. Um, there are some guys for Pittsburgh. We talked about Jay Getzel and his shoulder. He should be ready to go. James mm-hmm. Reimer, the backup behind Peter Mrazek for the Hurricanes, played yesterday, looked pretty darn good. Um, but the big ones to me that are going to be very key to watch, Philip Grubauer came back. That's the starting goalie for the Colorado Avalanche. And he looked pretty sharp. There are a couple other guys on the Avs that are coming back. Landis Cog looks like he's at full strength, although he took a few penalties. Um, Toronto looked like they were starting to get into high gear. A couple guys from Montreal came back. So, and of course, the big one that I talked about in my blog post was Columbus, where they're getting a lot of their big guys back. They're getting the most of their core since they had the most injury minutes in the NHL. I think this is going to be really fun because now it's like you're getting everyone back at even strength. And now you can actually go forth and see, okay, who's good and who's not. There are no excuses now. Uh Uh-huh. So it should be pretty damn fun. I like how they're starting off with, like, the most exciting matchup with, like, the Canes and the Rangers. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. Speaking of which, Igor Shosturkin actually played. And remember, we talked about he was in that car accident. Maybe he wouldn't get any minutes, but he wound mm. up getting the start in the scrimmage game. Yeah. Well, we should see some uh, some good stuff here. Um as far as far as the NHL goes, um, I mean, I had Mahulu free trial for free trial, uh, and it's up, and working on the job thing. Don't have one yet, so gonna see if I can watch it on the laptop because folks have Xfinity. So if I can't, probably not gonna wind up catching it, which will be a little disappointing because I do think it'd be worth catching. But hopefully I'll be able to catch the Hawks game Saturday. In addition to catching my Chicago White Sox throughout the, you know, 
throughout the week, thank God they air their stuff on NBCSN Chicago. And as long as you have Xfinity uh, internet on your laptop, you can watch the games free. I mean, it's not technically free because somebody's paying for Xfinity, but you know, I can watch the I can watch the uh, watch the Sox on my computer. Going to watch them against the Royals tomorrow um, as they try and get better than two at four. But before we get to baseball, Minkley, you got uh, NFL notes. Yeah, there are a few NFL notes, and I think they're pretty important to take. So first off, um, we're not doing the list right now. Um, but there have been numbers of players who've ab- who, um, because of the COVID thing, there are two separate uh, lists where players are not going to be uh, playing. They backed out. Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, Eddie Goldman have been the biggest names right now, so they will not play during this season. Yeah, that's kind Dante of Hightower thing's a big deal, by the way. It is. It is very much a big deal, especially since the Patriots' defense was, I think, categorically the best defense in the whole NFL. Um, but here's something else that I found <clears throat> is very interesting, Mike, because it's come out more today. You have teams starting to put players on the COVID-19 reserve list. The first one that really came to my mind were the two for the Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, and I think they're tight end. I can't remember his name right now. Mason Crosby and two others for the Packers have now gone onto their lists. And I'm wondering when some of these players wind up getting healthy, um, are they going to do what Marquise Goodwin did and say family over football and bow out for the season? Or will they just throw themselves fully into it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, look, I think, you know, the family over, like, if you look at Michael Kopech in baseball, Kopech chose to stay out the baseball season. Well, it turns out his wife's having a kid that isn't his. Oops. And he's just, and he's just returning from surgery, so he didn't want to, you know, deal with all this stuff. And, look, I think, I think, it's, I think it's smart on Kopech's part, you know, like, and then... You look at what happened with the Marlins. It's like, yeah, you know, smart topped out from Coronaville. Um, you know, it, it's it's a really important time for people to make a decision for themselves. And I, it, I'm not trying to damn anybody and say that you know that everybody who does this is dumb or you know people shouldn't play. I guess if you want to play and you think that there's enough risk mitigation, go ahead. Like you can look at Chris Bryant in baseball who said, who was like, yeah, I really like the plan that we had put together. And then when, um, when it was come time to play, <laughs> you know, there was a bit of a problem because they're like, Hey, you might test on us. Like you said, you would, what the hell? What yeah. are you No, I, I agree with you. And and now, uh, from the looks of it, it looks like Anthony Barr is on that list. You have eight other um, Vikings on there. Justin Coleman is one of the Lions' cornerbacks. He's on there. I'm not saying this is an NFC North problem, but I wouldn't be surprised how many more teams in the league we wind up seeing this more from. And it's just one of those. It's very important for us to keep our eyes peeled on 
because we have no idea what's going to be taking place. Yeah. Um, so a couple of transactions happened during our last podcast. Um, hey, we're gonna you go must sm- be really happy about one of these, by the way. Oh, I, I am. And we'll get to that. I th- But I think you're happy about one, too. Adam Shaheen from the Bears got traded to the Miami Dolphins for a sixth-round pick in 2021. I know you were adamant about this man getting his ass kicked out of Chicago slash yep. Cook County yep. slash the whole state of Illinois. So yep. congratulations, Mike. You got a wish answered. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is a wonderful, wonderful wish that has been answered <laughs> for me. Um, that is Adam Shaheen getting his bum ass uh, the hell out of Chicago. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember whether this was from from somebody at 670 score, whether this was one of the um, the one of the guys that uh, covers the Bears. But there was somebody on Twitter that put this oh so well and said, wait, someone traded for Adam Shaheen? Yeah. Uh, 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 Miami? What the hell are you doing? You traded for a guy who can't catch, can't block. What are the tight end's two duties? Block and catch. Well, he can't do either of those. And he couldn't do them in college. So, one, who knows why the hell they got drafted in the first place. Two, they should be lucky that they got for him what they did. Three, God, I hate, I hate Ryan Pace. I I agree with you. Speaking of which, he believes that Bears ownership is fully confident in him. We'll see how that goes going forward. Oh no, I believe that they're not that smart. Oh, oh my God, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe about this, she John Lynch. But she's with... a thousand. <laughs> oh, jeez. John Lynch was extended by the Niners, and he also restructured Raheem Mostert's contract. So, uh, and I'll get to the other team. The Niners and this other team in the NFC West will have a very, very, very hard offseason after this one uh, with the number of free agencies that they have opening up. And that other team would be the Seattle Seahawks. Mike... I guess the new trend, and I'm not lying, I said this to a handful of people, including my mom, watch for more all-pro caliber players to call ownership and their GMs and coaches crackers and be dealt to the team of their own choosing. Uh Antonio Brown set the mark with the Raiders going to the Pats. Well, it looks like, well, he didn't really call, okay, this guy didn't really call him crackers, but... Uh, the Jets' is Jamal Adams wound up being traded. This was, I think, mid to late afternoon Sunday to the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets gave up Jamal and a, I want to say, fourth to sixth mid-round pick in 2021. They received strong safety Bradley McDougald. I will miss Bradley very much. Two first-round picks, one for this next year and for 2022 and a third round pick and mike i wanted to know what you thought of this trade because we hadn't really talked about it but i'd like to hear what you got to say well first of all um i think it's a great trade for seattle um i don't know why the hell you're trading jamal adams unless he ain't gonna come back to you 
<clears throat> and if that's the case, I guess getting two firsts out of it's a pretty good idea. Because those are still, you know, pretty valuable um, in today's NFL. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. I'm not necessarily a, a huge fan of this trade if we're talking Jets wise. Um, I think that that if if you're the New York Jets, you would kind of have to think. Not nah, I'm giving up is the wrong word. Um, I think it's the Khalil Mack trade. The assets that you're going to get are not what the player is worth. So, with that being the case, it's a it's a bad trade for the Jets. Although, again, if this was the only way that you're going to get something for them, then getting two firsts ain't that bad a deal. So, on in a vacuum, the Jets got robbed. In re, in what might be reality, it was a good trade. You know, it, it's this one. Could be somewhat like I always use this example. It's one of my favorite examples. Uh, Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs for Glaber Torres and others. If the Cubs don't win a Super Bowl and Aroldis Chapman doesn't play a big part, that is one of the worst trades in the history of baseball. And yeah. that that is a black eye on Theo Epstein and, like, worthy of firing. Like, that's a horrid trade. But... History didn't play that way. They won. They won a World Series, and no one cared. Just yeah. like you know, and that's the exact opposite of what happened with Jose Quintana trade. They needed controllable, decent pitching. They went and got Jose Quintana from White Sox. They traded Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease might turn out to be bad, but I I still think he could he could contribute out of a bullpen, even if he's not a great starter. And Eloy Jimenez is probably going to hit 40 bombs a year when he hits his stride. So, bad idea, you know. And that didn't net them a World Series. Unless they win one this year, which I don't think they will. So, that is a horrible trade. Thought it was going to net them a World Series, didn't even close. So, you know, if Seattle winds up winning a Super Bowl, it's an even better trade for them. If, you know, if the Jets wind up taking a Hall of Famer at 27 or whatever that pick's going to be next year, then it's a good trade for them. But I think in all likelihood, this winds up being a bad trade for the Jets. Yeah, I actually do too. I think so for multiple reasons. And look, I I get the Jamal Adams thing. Um you know, I don't know if he's truly happy to be there from what he said or, you know, if he, he plans on doing free agency after his rookie deal is up. I don't. Um, but I actually, unlike the Bears, like when we're talking about the, the actual quality of trade, I get that both the offensive guys wanted to leave or they wanted to be paid. I think the big difference is... Ryan Pace took on a guy and they thought, okay, the salary cap, it was going to be fine and everything. But remember what I've been saying about Khalil Mack. 
where it's like he plays when he wants to, and it seems like you know they're really critical games in which you need him, and he just disappears. And it happened with the Rams last season during import, an important game. And I just felt like Mac wasn't really worth what the Bears gave up, so to speak. And yeah. I feel like the thing with Jamal Adams is what fits with Jamal is he's basically, he plays like Troy Palomalu does. And I think that's why Pete and John wanted him as badly as they did, realizing uh-huh. that, okay, you have the, there are bonuses like, okay, you get to contain George Kittle. The safety backfield is finally complete again with Diggs. Pro, Diggs is probably going to move over to free safety, and Adams is going to play strong. So Tedrick Thompson got signed by the Chiefs this week. He His ass didn't deserve to be back anyway. But I feel like... With, with this signing, obviously it's going to cost a lot. You have at least three other players you're going to have to worry about within the next two years that are of major importance to the defense. But Adams is young. He's the same age as me. Um, you know what you're getting. You know he's one of the best players, not just in the NFL, but uh, in the backfield altogether with how he's ranked. And I think this is one of those... Seattle is a great environment for him to do his thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Pete coaches him separately. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think what makes this so bad for the Jets is that for some reason, look look at Seattle's receivers and tight ends. They never asked for a receiver. And that's uh-huh. been one of the problems that the Jets have had the past couple of years. You, you got Anderson, right? You got Anderson that Darnold throws to, and maybe a, a, a half alive tight end. And who else after that? I mean, what if they said throw in DK Metcalf? And I'm throwing this out there as an example. I'm not saying Seattle would give up DK Metcalf. I'm saying they throw that option in. That trade's executed. I feel like it's a much different trade. Because uh-huh. Seattle was probably going to get to the playoffs the next couple of years or around there. So that's two later round first round picks. But you have a really good receiver on the other end. Bradley McDougal's a great guy. <clears throat> I'm going to miss him. I really am. But I'm laughing at the Jets because they never asked for a tight end or a wide receiver. They just were so enamored with the first round picks they never looked at whatever body Seattle put in front of them and I think Mm. this actually is a win for Seattle and what you said about Aroldis Chapman this is considered maybe a devastating trade for the Cubs if they don't make or win a World Series but if Seattle winds up getting top final four teams in the following season or two and maybe they go to the Super Bowl I'm not saying they win it but if they go to the Super Bowl um, that trade looks like a win for them, considering who they have on my, who they have to pay for 2021-22. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say, if, if Makeley sounds anywhere near as laggy in post as it does right now, I do apologize. Um, or if I do too, I apologize. Um, the connection, the speed is fine. The reliability is all, is quite frankly, dog shit. And I need to get some Ethernet cables.
uh, and I know that, so I apologize if these aren't the highest quality shows. As far as uh, audio goes, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, make I think you're right here when you analyze what is your team, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, college football stuff real quick. Um, in college football, the ACC has said that, hey, look, if you're going to play us, we're going to play, you know, only we're going to play 10 games in conference. And we are also going to make you like if you're, you know, like, let's say you're Indiana, in the Big Ten. Not, not that the Big Ten will be playing non-cons this year, but the only way you could play a, a ACC team in non-conference competition would be if it was, say, Indiana, who is in Notre Dame, is fully aligning themselves to ACC for this season, is if, say, you're Indiana. Yeah. Or, like, uh, you know, Miami's in the ACC. So, in theory, they could still go play Florida, and the ACC would accept that because that's in-state. So, you have to be in-state to get an on-time game, which probably means there's some FCS teams up in the Northeast or on the East Coast that get some games that they already wouldn't. Maybe Clemson throws Coastal Carolina on the schedule. I know they're FBS now, but they were just, you know, FCS. Maybe there are some teams that get games that they otherwise wouldn't. And there was another conference that just did this as uh, as well, that just did the same thing. Uh, there's ACC. Oh, come on. There was another one. Yeah, uh, so just to, I'll, I'll, I'll just recap everything when I got in front of me. Shut up. Stop with the damn sound. <laughs> I love these goddamn online ads that pull your ears off and hide the sound button. Um, I hate those. Okay, so in the FBS, the ACC has an 11-game schedule. Ten leagues, one non-con. Notre Dame will be in the ACC for only 2020. They will play 10 conference games. They have an additional opponent. And that addition, that one game has to be in-state. Um, the Big Ten is conference-only schedule. The Pac-12 is conference-only schedule. The SEC said yesterday, 10 games, conference-only schedule. Um, they will play the eight conference games that they that they were originally going to play. And then two uh, two opponents from the other division. Uh, Big 12 has not said anything. They supposedly have four or five different ideas. Apparently, they're going to say it. They're going to say something after the Board of Governors meeting, the NCAA Board of Governors on August 4th. Some say that they're going to go conference only. Some say that they're going for the plus one model, which is what the ACC did. It's just the Big 12 may go, you know, may make it 12 games instead of 11. Um, it's, as far as the independent league the independent teams. So Notre Dame is going to the ACC. BYU lost five games off its schedule. Jeez. Because of the Big Ten, the Pac-12 going conference only. BYU is working on scheduling and having a season. Army, Liberty, New Mexico State, UConn, and UMass have had at least one game wiped out with scheduling changes. But their schedulers are most likely intact. 
the uh, American Athletic Conference thinks that um, they are going to play 12. They want to play non-cons, but they may they know they may not be able to. Um, the MAC had 11 Big Ten games, uh, 11 games against Big Ten opponents throughout the conference. Those all got wiped out. They haven't announced their scheduling protocol, but they're going they are going to need to find something different. Uh, the Mountain West has a few different schools that need some help. Um, Hawaii, in particular, they haven't announced anything. Hawaii lost four games. They lost four of the five non-cons, three Pac-12 schools, and Fordham of the Patriot League. Uh, Sunbelt teams have lost some games because they like to go play SEC schools. CUSA has lost some games. Sunbelt and CUSA both haven't said anything. The FCS has had some conferences say stuff, others not. And as far as, like, uh, you know, D2, D3, and NAIA, D2 has had a few conferences quit totally. Division three, some have quit totally. Some have said only conference games. NAIA basically, as a unit, threw everything out the window and sent it to the fall. And here's something interesting. So we mentioned the... Uh, SEC and the league-only slate. There are several rivalries in the SEC that have gone on for a very long time. These are the last times that these SEC-ACC matchups did not occur. Florida-Florida State has played every year since 1957. That was the last time there was a schedule interruption. Uh, the battle for the Bluegrass, Louisville and Kentucky, first time since 93, we won't have that. The last time that we had no Georgia-Georgia Tech game was 1924. Wow. Georgia and Georgia Tech played nearly 100 times in a row. They will not this year. And the biggest one, Clemson and South Carolina have played football against each other every year for the last 112 years. They will not in 2020. First college football season since 1908 that we don't see Clemson in South Carolina play. Wow. Wow. So there's some rivalry impacts here big time uh, with, with the lack of college football. And I don't think college football should be played, nor that I think the kids should be going back to school. Same thing with high school football and high school kids uh, going back to play. Neither one should happen, and that's my update on college sports. All right, on to baseball. <clears throat> oh, before we do baseball, what did you think of the top 100 list? I didn't look at it. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I didn't know what was happening. We can go over that when I see it. Um, I saw it like I saw last night that they were doing it. I didn't know if it was concluded or not. I saw uh, I saw my friend shared that Jimmy Garoppolo was in the top forty and the Nick Bosa was in the top twenty. I thought those were both too damn high. I think Jimmy's like forty three, but yeah, I, I get it. And apparently Ryan Tannehill was in the top one hundred too, which is lunacy. That is. Uh, by the way, the top four I can't name the top ten, but the top four is Lamar Jackson is one. Russell Wilson is two, Aaron Donald is three, and Pat Mahomes is four. Pat Mahomes is four? Well, yeah. 
Yep, they're on meth. Well, but here's the thing, Mike. This was the players who were saying it. They're still on meth. Uh, saying that Lamar Jackson is a better player than Pat Mahomes. The players are just mad because Pat Mahomes beat their ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think they were talking. They There were other qualities that went into it, which is why I think I'm, I'm actually okay with it. The one that actually pissed me off was the fact Christian McCaffrey was over Derrick Henry by like five spots. All right, write that down because next week I'm going to bust your ass on that. On what? Um, you you think CMC isn't better than Derrick Henry? What the hell is wrong with you? I'm sorry, did what did we watch last season with Carolina? Doesn't damn matter. Yeah, it does when what? they have Ryan Tannehill behind, behind center in Tennessee. Biatch? You think Walter Payton sucks then? And this had nothing to do with Walter Payton. Why are you or, bringing... Or actually, actually, how about Barry... Oh, not Walter. You think Barry Sanders sucks? Yeah. What? This, this is complete apples and oranges, Mike. Jeez. Yeah, but, but you're saying CMC is worse because the Panthers didn't do anything. No, what I'm saying is Christian McCaffrey carried the load as far as he could, and the Panthers got nowhere. Versus Derrick Henry carried the load for the Titans offense, and they got to the championship game. All right. Uh, uh, you the man has a history of people just bouncing off of him. He made, he destroyed Earl Thomas's life and turned him into the sixth lineman. Yeah, and you know what? Christopher McCaffrey makes people fly away from him with his ukes. Also, by the way, you do realize that the Panthers' defense was full of dead people, right? And you're telling me that the Titans' backfield was what? Full of living? Yes. Yes, it was. The Titans' <laughs> defense was a lot better than Carolina's. Uh... And believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill is a breathing NFL quarterback. I can't say the same thing for Kyle Allen. Okay, see, when you talk about Kyle Allen playing, that I can agree with. Yeah. But, right. Like, like they didn't do anything. And, and without Christian McCaffrey, they would like two games. Because Kyle Allen sucks. You know, the thing was, I thought Kyle Allen was good, but he couldn't evolve his game. So everyone just caught up to him. Yeah. He just stayed in the same spot. All right. Well, anyway, on to the MLB. We had baseball Lots of start. MLB stuff to talk about. And don't worry, I'm, I'm, oh, there's a lot. So, Major League Baseball started over this past weekend, and I was very happy that baseball was back. I was not happy with what the White Sox did. White Sox are two and four the first entire time through the rotation, it, uh, save for the fact of a nice start from one Dallas Keuchel. There's... Starting pitching looked like shit, and their hitting looked like... Oh, they're hitting <laughs> pretty decent. They pitched like shit. No White Sox starter went more than five and a third, even Keuchel. And then yesterday, they get a six-inning gem from Lucas Giolito. Three good innings out of the bullpen and a ninth-inning rally. They win. 
Uh, they beat Cleveland in Game 3, so they won one game in each of the first two series. They take on the Royals. They're finishing up in Detroit. Uh, they take on the Royals uh, tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get the hell out of the AL Central Basement as fast as possible because if you compare it to a normal season, every game this year is worth 2.7 games. So if this was a normal season right now, the Sox would be 5.4. No, they, they would be about, what? what is that, 5 and uh, 10. And yeah. nobody would be happy. Um, so the slow start for the Sox is not what they need, especially against division opponents like Cleveland and Minnesota, who can be fighting for the playoffs with. Hopefully they can pick the hell up and Ronaldo Lopez can quit throwing cookies uh, over this coming weekend. All right. Uh, the Cubs, they have had a good start, which is surprising. I didn't think they would. Um, the Cubs have started well. Uh, they Today, their Reds game got PPD'd. Cubs are 4-2 and two coming in today. I'm so glad you added the D to that because I had so many questions, but thank you. Keep oh, going. the game got PP? No. Uh, PPD. <laughs> Cubs turned to triple play last night. And they turned their first one since the mid-90s. So that was kind of cool. Albeit in a 12-7 loss to the Reds. Uh, they took two or three from the Brew Crew, who are my pick to win the Central. And they won two or three. Uh, two, well, technically two or four because the game got postponed. Um, they won two out of the three. They wound up playing with Cincy. And I picked them to finish second. So there's some, you know, Cubs and Sox kind of had the same schedule to start which was important game, you know, six important division games. In the Cubs, it was seven. Uh, two first series are important for the division. Then you play pure trash. And the Sox did terribly against the teams that they needed to beat, and the Cubs didn't. But it's okay. I think the Sox still have time. Uh, big series coming up for the White Sox, though. Friday through Sunday, they have a beat up candidate in Kansas City. Then it's Milwaukee and Cleveland again. Milwaukee for four, Cleveland for three. Um, Lucas Giolito will throw against Cleveland the second time through, thank God, because Gio's great against them. Uh, Rondon, Giolito, Keichel, and Gonzalez get Milwaukee. Uh, by the way, uh, Ronaldo Lopez got his ass uh, thrown onto the DL and out of the starting rotation. Gio Gonzalez picks up the ball for Saturday's game against the Royals. Uh, this is going to be a close and tight schedule the whole way through. So the Cubs have no makeup opportunity for the Reds game, at least not right away. They have Pittsburgh Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Chatwood, Lester, and Alec Mills is your lineup bottom end of the Cubs rotation coming uh, this weekend. Then Monday through Thursday next week, they go back to the top of the rotation and have the Kansas City Royals. So Darvish doesn't pitch today. Don't know whether they will have him pitch for Chatwood tomorrow and move it, bump everyone back, or whether they will just skip Darvish's dart start and give him nine days rest going into Kansas City. My guess would be that Darvish either starts on Friday or starts on Sunday um, uh, on getaway day in Kansas City uh, instead of Alec Mills. But my true guess would be Everybody bumps back a day. Chatwood throws on Saturday and Lester throws on Sunday, but they haven't made that change right now. Um, Thursday's game is nationally televised on Fox. Lester against the Royals. Sunday, Next Sunday's game, not this coming, 
but a week from August the 9th at St. Louis is on Espen. We will uh, at 7 o'clock. You Darvish starts there. We'll remind you of that when we get closer to it. Um, other than that, uh, we'll talk about another team that's having a bad start in a moment, but the teams that have started well, there are no undefeated teams there haven't been since the second day. Uh, Yankees started out 3-1. and one. They are playing, I believe they're playing right now. Yeah, they're playing Baltimore right now. 0-0 zero, zero there. Uh, Tampa starts out 4-2. and two. Hey, how about that? The AL Central minus the White Sox. The Tigers started 4-2, and two, so did the Indians and the Twins. And in the West, everybody looks even, Justin Minkley. Strohs, 3-3. Three and three. Athletics, 3-3. Three and three. Rangers, 2-3. and three. Angels, 2-4. and four. Mariners, 2-4. and four. We'll talk more about the Strohs in a moment. In the National League East, guess who's leading the division? That would be, because I actually did look it up, it would be the Miami Marlins. Yes, it would. We'll talk more about them in a second. Cubs are leading the Central by a game because Milwaukee's 3-3, three and three, St. Louis is 2-3. and three. Out the NL West, Rockies leading the division at 4-1, and one. Dodgers and Pods behind at 4-2. and two. And I think the most disappointing start is probably the White Sox at 2-4 and four and Reds at 2-4, and four, at least for me anyway. And obviously, the defending World Series champion, Nats at 2-4. and four. Um, The worst start of the year, though, goes to the Miami Marlins, who now have 19 people who have coronavirus, who have COVID-19, so their record will probably stay at 2-1. and one. And here's the problem with this. It's 17 players and two coaches. The Marlins were having positive cases on Sunday, when on Sunday, July, blah, 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 blah. 26, there we go. On the 26th, the Marlins played their last game of the year so far against the Phillies. They won 11 to 6. Um, and look. There were positive cases on the on the Miami Marlins when they played the Philadelphia Phillies. The Marlins decided in a group chat that they could play anyway. Right. So you have tests of the coronavirus. You have people via text. You have players via text deciding who they weren't already who you know who they were going to play, which is just ludicrous. Yeah. The, the fact that baseball's not deciding this and the players are, are is complete bull. Um, and it's a, and it's completely irresponsible on basically everyone's part. Um, <clears throat> as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I hope everybody from the Marlins winds up being okay. And I hope everybody from the Phillies winds up being okay because Philly hasn't played another game since they decided not to go to New York. New York went to Baltimore instead because originally Miami was going to go play Baltimore. Yankees were going to play the Phillies. And then the Yankees said, we ain't going to the, we ain't going, <clears throat> we ain't going to goddamn Miami or, or Philly. Sorry. We ain't going to goddamn Philly when they just had 19 players with Corona in that dugout. So they're playing Baltimore instead. Um, this just shows how what a stupid idea it is to have everybody travel in because you screwed up their season, you screwed up the Phillies season, you screwed up the Yankees season, and you screwed up the Orioles season already. Yep. And I think the Yankees and the O's are going to win and then for the O's lose enough games to where it don't matter. But that Phillies thing could matter. Messing up their season, making them quarantine, costing them games could wind up mattering. 
And it's a damn shame that in a league that is supposedly taking so much care, that the freaking players get to decide whether they want to play or not when people on their team have corona. Well, they yeah. need to be told, no, you can't play. Pretty damn much. And screw the tactics squad bullshit. You shouldn't play. You shouldn't at this point. And I think we're seeing more cases now throughout the MLB. Obviously, it started off with the Marlins, and now it's just skyrocketing to the point now where they're questioning, okay, should we have like seven innings? in games or double headers or things like that, bringing it down to minor league baseball rules. And this is yeah. just an utter joke. And, and now yeah. it, this is, I think I feel that maybe this is why Toronto said absolutely the hell not having the Blue Jays play in the Rogers center. Yeah. This, the, yeah. This is exactly why the city of Toronto said, piss off, go play in Buffalo. Yep. And you know what? The Canadians are goddamn right. They are. And you, what you don't want, I think for them, I think it was another factor of your most popular sports going to be starting in, in the hub city of Toronto. You don't want those players to get sick either. I mean, yep. heaven forbid Sidney Crosby gets ill or Alex Ovechkin. Then you have a much bigger issue on your hands. Um, so they did the right thing. So I'm wondering, just like you, how is this going to like work? Because if they're, if they're deciding to do multiple stoppages, at different points, I, I don't know how this is just going to go. <laughs> I don't either. You know, I don't, I mean, you could just do it by percentage instead of by record, but that would be such a playoff mess. It would be. You know, can you imagine the Phillies get in by a game over the Nationals because of the percentages and the Phillies have played 10 less games and yeah. they're so much more rested than anybody else? Yeah. Like, the, the, the season needs to go. So this is what the postseason Bryce Harper wanted. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, I, I, I'm I glad baseball's back. I love watching the Sox. I love the escape, right? But yeah. no, seriously, this needs to go away. The protocols need to change or this needs to go away. Because protecting the millionaires and the billionaires and not wanting to protect the children is pisses me off and is what's bullshit about this country. You know, like... School boards are having meetings via Zoom because they think it's too dangerous, but they want the kids to go back in school in August. Are you goddamn kidding me? How much more selfish and stupid as a country can you be? You already do everything you can to cut and kill your future politically. Now you want to physically do it. You want to physically threaten to poison and kill your future. But, hey, that's America for you. There is one thing baseball <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, sure. Because I'm actually very pissed off by this. Okay. And it has to do with um, the Dodgers-Astros game. Oh, th yeah, this was the other thing that baseball deserves an ass-whooping for. Yeah, and, and I think, I, I can't believe. So the pitcher doesn't hit the batter. They eject his ass. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let's hang on. Let's get through the scenario first. All right, all right. The Dodgers are the team that got screwed by the Astros cheating. Yes. It's 2017. Uh, <clears throat> Joe Kelly is a Dodger pitcher, and Joe Kelly threw a 96-mile-an-hour fastball at George Springer's face and tried to take his head off. 
Um, he also threw at somebody else with a slider, and um, I'll tell you how White Sox broadcaster and former big league pitcher Steve Stone put this, because they talked about this during the Sox game, uh, the, the uh, Sox-Indians game yesterday, uh, Wednesday night. Um, what, what's, really, what's really funny here is Joe Kelly gets suspended eight games for throwing a ball at a guy's head that misses. He didn't get thrown out of the game by the ump, but baseball suspended him afterwards for not hitting somebody. And then he all he yawns. It's when Springer looks at him like, what the hell? You just tried to take my head off. He yawns at him and taunts him. And I think he called him an SOB. He, they suspended Kelly. I think it was four games for the thrown ball at the face and four games for taunting. As as longtime White Sox pitcher Steve Stone said, and keep in mind, Stoney played for the O's, Sox, and Cubs in an era when ear-holding somebody was common. I didn't know there were suspensions for taunting. This is new to me. I, I, I didn't know that either. Why the hell is baseball and Rob Manfred protecting the cheaters? And Joe Kelly went went full on warrior on so on Instagram, put up a photo of him holding Altuve and Springer and Alex Bregman as babies, and said, "This is a goddamn joke. I get suspended eight games, but they don't get suspended anything for cheating. Go ahead and keep cheating in baseball because they won't do anything about it." And then hashtag free go Kelly. Joe Kelly and a bunch of other stuff. And you know what? He's right. The MLB gave it garbage punishment to the Astros for cheating to win the World Series. I said at the time, if the White Sox won the World Series this year, and then it then we found out two years down the road that they cheated, and that's the punishment that they get, I'm taking the World Series memories. Absolutely. I'm taking the World Series. You know? Because they can't rob me of my memories. They can't rob the players of their endorsement money. So I'm taking the series. If I'm the players, if I'm the coaches, if I'm the fans, I'm taking the World Series there. And now you're going to have people throw at them, which is what they deserve, because you as a league didn't suspend them. And, you know... You're you're going to make it so that they are the protected ones. You're going to make Joe Kelly. You know you're going to suspend him for eight games. It, it's not only that people think your sport is so goddamn dirty because of the of the steroids and all that. Yeah, but if you do this, you're going to border on cycling. Uh, as far as just yeah. how dirty can you get? College basketball is close, but the MLB apparently wants to go much closer. And look, I don't know. I don't know if Rob Benford is on Roger Goodell's payroll or if he's on Adam Silver's payroll or what the deal is. But somebody needs to get Rob Benford out of baseball before it kills it completely. Basketball and football are already much bigger with kids than baseball is these days. And they're just making it worse by having a complete moron in Rob Manford there. Yeah. No, they are. And we've talked about this in the past. 
at what point do the MLB owners come together and have a vote of no confidence? Because it's getting no, it that should be right now. Yeah, it it, right you're now. damn right it should be. It should be right now where they throw his ass out. Because he did because it's his job to suspend the Astros players and he didn't. Is his it's his job to protect the game and he didn't. It's his job to not suspend Joe Kelly for throwing at a guy. And he didn't. If you want to say Kelly ought to have been suspended, cool. How about a game? But I don't think you can suspend him when you didn't suspend anybody else. You didn't suspend any Astro. Altuve and Bregman and all those guys, they just get to play. But yet Joe Kelly wants to take revenge on a team that cheated him out of a World Series. And the actual stats and numbers say that that game was impacted by that cheating, by the way. And then you're just going to make him the bad guy here? Apparently. It's utterly ridiculous. I honestly don't know of a worse... We're getting to NHL levels of, of shit commissionership here. Like, like we are getting to NHL levels of god-awful ownership and commissionership in, in the MLB. When baseball dies, it's Rob Manfred's fault. I think it's past NHL at this point. Because at least Bettman kept people safe during this pandemic. Yeah. I, I, think, I think baseball's integrity... I, I think it, it was killed during Selig's days, and now it's just being buried. The only yeah. thing is, who's going to light the match to incinerate everything? And Well, Manfred the, got the match on. No, I think the owners do. They're, they're going to give the matches to someone um, because the fact that they haven't given the vote yet is very disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred may be the worst commissioner in American sports history. Outside of outside of like dudes not wanting integration, like outside of serious social issues, but those were like social problems. I'm talking yeah. about like as far as managing their sport, he might be the worst one ever. Like ever, ever. He is an absolute joke. And a disaster, and a phony, and a bum, and a liar, and a man who has no idea what the hell he's doing. <sighs> so anyway, so that's it for baseball. I, I went to you know through to your key matchups this week. Oh, uh, by the way, a couple of notes. Um, Buccaneers note, this is just breaking across the wire on ESPN. Uh, Buccaneers signed LaShawn McCoy, so they yes. continue to get older. Dead. Also, because we're done, right, Justin? We're just going to lock out here? Uh, yeah, Patriots captain, was it? Matthew Slater nearly opted out of the season. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was something. Nate Soldier, I think, is out for the Giants, too. Yes, he is. Uh, also, by the way, as we are recording this, um, Pelicans and Jazz. Pelicans are up on Utah, so hey, that could be interesting if they win the first game of this 
uh, in uh, of the regular season here. The Pelicans could get themselves closer and move down Utah if Oklahoma City can win. So a very competitive game going on right now. Let's hope they all look like that, Minkley. And that's actually what I'm going to go do. So from a darn near night here in Indiana to a darn near night there in Chicago. Hilariously, I will probably watch the Chicago Sky play the Minnesota Lynx. So (laughs) I am going to do the plugs first. I write for the Country Herald. I have a story coming. It should be relatively soon. I'm waiting for some coaches to get back on the IHSA suspension of football, moving that to the fall. Uh, I also do the No Marks Allowed podcast this week. We talked about NXT, uh, Raw, and SmackDown, as always. Sorry, that should have been SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. Um, in that order, we talk about Kyrie Sane leaving for Japan. She's gone now. What they're doing with the Raw women's title, among other things. That's the No Marks Allowed podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and tune in. Uh, we are on the road to episode 50 on the No Marks Love podcast. We are on 46. Here on episode 20 of the Sports Fixins, if you want to listen to this or any other episodes of the Fixins, get on Anchor and on Spotify. Justin Minkley, do your plugs. My plugs, of course, are jdsportscorner.wordpress.com. Or at WordPress. You know what? Fuck it. What was it again? jdsportscorner at WordPress. <laughs> Dot com, I think. God, there you I'm go. Getting too old. I am. I'm getting way too old, Mike. Social yeah, sure. Security's got to kick in soon. <laughs> uh, I run the fa- Sports Fixins Facebook page. Put uh, a couple of stuff out there from the past shows that we've talked about: the top forty QB rankings, the basketball teams that we chose a week back, yada yada yada. And, of course, you can listen to the show. Michael, we had a sports show this past weekend. That was lovely on radio uh, at RadioWPNA.com. For those who listen digitally, if you live in the Chicago area. What if I don't? Well, I'm saying in the Chicago area because you can listen at WPNA 1490 AM. The frequency, not the time. And Okay, sorry. What if I don't? You can listen at RadioWPNA.com. Oh. And when can I listen to this? 9 p.m. Central. My show is the one in English. Oh. So it's not in Polish? That is correct. Oh. Thankfully. Okay. Uh, What day is it? It's Saturday nights. Oh. How long is the program? It goes 59 minutes exact. Oh, well, then what's after that? Polish programming. <laughs> what's before that? Polish programming. <laughs> <laughs> like in Polish? Yes. All right, go to the station where you hear the polls, and then when the polls close, you hear Justin Minkley. I'm, I'm so dead. Yeah, at 9 o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> um, Man really said the polls. Yeah, polls are closing. Um... <laughs> Uh, is that it for plugs for you, right? Yeah, that's it for me. All right. So, for Justin Meekly, I am Michael Dion. Everybody, please stay safe, till he- stay healthy, wear a goddamn mask, and have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a good night. Bye-bye, everybody. We're a goddamn mask.